0: Welcome to the Perfectly Flawed Podcast. On this podcast, I am your host, Renee Fox, and I chat to various people who are willing to be open and vulnerable about their own experiences with mental health and sport. Please keep in mind that the things discussed on this podcast are people's own experiences and is not medical advice. If anything in these episodes is triggering for you, or you feel like you need assistance, please contact a health professional. Or lifeline on 13 11 14. Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Peffley Floored podcast. In this episode, I am joined by Hamish McDougall. Hamish has been swimming a long time and has been at Surrey Park Swim Club his whole life. Hamish has recently retired from competitive Swimming and it was a great opportunity to chat with him about his career. He talked about how he started out and then when it became more serious in his teenage years. He speaks to the lessons he's learned as well as the setbacks and highlights. Failure, risks, friendship, team trips and defining success are just some of the insightful topics Hamish touches on. Hamish has had a great swimming career and is looking forward to his next chapter in his life, some of which involves sharing his wisdom with the next generation of swimmers. I could chat to Hamish for hours and is a good friend of mine, so make sure you keep your eye out for part two, maybe in the works. I hope you enjoy this chat as much as I did. Welcome to the Perfectly Flawed podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. For those that don't know you, would you like to give a bit of an overview of who you are?
1: Hi guys, Uh, my name's Hamish. I am a swimmer or ex-swimmer uh i now have gone to the other side and i'm doing a little bit of swim coaching uh i know renee through the swim club we're at the same swim club uh she's been here for a while been a bit of a good experience i swam for over 10 years at a national level i had the opportunity to make a couple of junior teams race internationally got to do some cool things meet some really cool people um and then outside of that i've sort of studied finishing up my study now in economics and looking to move on into a non-swimming part of my life i guess and take the next step which is a little bit scary in some ways
0: very scary you have to go into the real world
1: <laughs> the real world real job nine to five that whole thing it's a little,
0: it's
1: a little bit daunting <laughs> yeah. well, we'll go
0: back to the beginning how did you get into swimming
1: how did i get into swimming um When I was very, very young, um, actually, I'll tell you a story from when I was, before I can remember, mum always tells this one, when people ask how I got into swimming, I was probably about six weeks old, um, and I was born over in Perth, and we had a string of like 10 hot days in a row, and my grandparents from New Zealand were over um, visiting, and mum woke up one morning to me and my grandfather, who was slightly loose to say the least in the pool together him at one end and me floating on my back at the other end completely fine so I was a bit of a water baby to start with and then sort of did did the whole swim lessons thing all that sort of stuff as per usual wasn't overly great as a kid or anything like that but then my sister sort of became quite a good swimmer sort of made nationals at 13 14 She's three and a half years older than me. So I was like 10 at the time. I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. Like maybe I'll do something like that. And um, played a lot of other sports as a kid. And then sort of as I hit high school, sort of had to choose um, and chose swimming. Undecided if it was the right decision or not, but I've enjoyed it a lot and got a lot out of it. So I definitely can't look back. And then, yeah, I guess from there, just naturally step after step after step, I guess.
0: Yeah. What do you think or when do you sort of think when you look back, when was the age or like the moment where you realised, hey, I'm kind of good at this, I want to stick at it and I want to do all these really cool things or I want to take it further?
1: For me, it was probably 14, 13, 14, around that age. Um, I nationals at 13, didn't race very well, um, hurt myself, fell over on pool deck and knocked myself out as I was walking over my first race so that was really good um and then sort of I had a really good season that year so like off that swam quite well uh had a good short course I think that was when I might have won my first states that short course year um and then sort of in the space of 12 months sort of dropped 15 seconds in a two fly won a medal at nationals like picked up a bronze and I was kind of just, like, went from, like, oh, like, swimming is cool to, like, oh, like, A, I'm, like, actually quite good at it, and B, I enjoy it. Um, so, had a change of coach in that time period as well. Um, the head coach of sorry changed, which was an awesome change for me. Like, I still have a really good relationship with that coach now. Like, he's up in Queensland, uh, Mike Sage, um so we have quite a good relationship still so I think he was a big factor in that um and probably why I ended up swimming for as long as what I did yeah
0: yeah for sure you mentioned before that you've been competing at a national level for quite some time and done a few international comps would you like to expand further on what those are and what those experiences were like
1: yeah okay um I mean nationals was always something that um sort of after I hit probably 14, 15, it was always the goal of the year. Like it was always you race fast at nationals, states was what it was. It would always take care of itself. Um, and like I was lucky enough that realistically, I never had to worry about the qualifying times for nationals, especially as I was coming through the age group in my main races. Obviously I'd sort of try and get more times and all those sorts of things, but sort of like, but especially butterfly, like 200 butterfly to 4am sort of could, always just think about racing them well rather than like oh I need to go fast all the time in seasons that allowed me to do a bit of race practice which was really good I guess the two trips that stick with me over all these years was the first state teams I went on which was the first ever team camp I went on Um, I was 14 years old had no idea what was going on very naive to the world and just got took go under the wing by a couple of the older boys and like learned a lot, sort of got to see the whole other side of swimming um, and realized that like if you race well, you could actually do some really cool things. And state teams was always one of my favorite trips every year. So when, when every year I could until mum put her foot down when I was in year 12 and didn't let me go in my fourth year, which was a bit sad, but that's all right. I won't hate on her too much as a school teacher. <laughs> and then the other one which is a bit of a strange one and I think I was lucky to go on like two big international trips one was to China for a training camp at altitude um and this one sticks with me a lot uh it was probably the two and a half weeks of the hardest training I've ever done at the time my coach good coach a little crazy sometimes like most coaches are in all honesty and uh We just worked so hard for two and a half weeks and afterwards we came back and we were so cooked like i reckon we needed like three weeks to recover off the training camp but i just feel like that experience to go essentially to a very non-westernist westernized part, part of china and see something that i would not see normally like you don't really get to go and see those sort of things. And we were shown around by the Chinese swim team a little bit, we were taken out for dinner. We did some really cool stuff with them. So it was just that sort of thing. And then the other one I was able to go on was a US trip, which was awesome. Um, That was sort of a couple of years later. I'd been really injured going into it so I wasn't overly fit but we got to train with a bunch of Olympians out of Team Elite under Dave Marsh over in the US which was awesome um learned a lot there spent we spent I reckon a week to 10 days training with them and I reckon I learned more there than I have sometimes in a 12-month period um just how they conducted themselves and it was just a very different way of thinking to like the sometimes the Australian way because like a lot of Countries that some of have realized as I've got older have very different views on how swimming should be done. So, I'm taking bits and pieces from all learned, and I guess for me, I've always remembered the people from these trips and the people you meet and the things you do with the people rather than the swimming for the most part. Which it which is a weird thing to say. Like you go on a swim trip and you're like, oh, I remember these people, and like I still keep in touch with a couple of them. So yeah the friendships you make and the places you get to see from swimming is pretty cool sometimes
0: yeah for sure and obviously like you know swimming requires a lot of training so the people that you swim with are basically family or you see them more than your own family majority at the time so that doesn't surprise me whatsoever you mentioned that the camp was pretty hard when you do get thrown a tough set which happens more times than we would like we know that it's for our best interest but we also like in the moment like oh shit how do you push through that? Like what's sort of going through your head? Are you? Is like your first initial thing like, oh, this is so hard? Or is it like, oh, come on, like keep pushing?
1: Um, I always, whenever I get given a hard set, I always go, this is going to be hard. This sucks. And I know it and that's fine. And I, for me, by doing that, it makes you then go, okay, but I enjoy this stuff. I enjoy what this stuff gets me in the end. So let's work out, out a way to how to do it. And for me, I always like to break sets down into small manageable parts. That was how I always managed to do it. Um, and it was go, okay, we've have you know, if you're doing four or five rounds of a set and like realistically maybe two rounds would be enough and you've got two extra sets on the back end of it, you just have to go, okay, you just keep doing the best you can. And the fourth set could be really ugly. And it could be really ugly and that's okay. And like, um, I think you have to understand, and this is something that I definitely understood as I got older, that failing is really okay in the sport. It is really okay to fail. Um, And honestly, the more you fail, as long as you can get back up and keep going, it's fine. Like no coach will ever No people in the sport will ever go, oh, you failed, you suck, like you're the worst. They just go, oh, you failed, but you've had such a go to put yourself in that position to fail. So I think that's a thing that sort of people kind of get worried about. They're like, oh, I'm going to fail, I'm going to fail. It's like no one really cares if you fail. No one remembers, nobody remembers it. Like I don't remember the sets where I failed and like couldn't keep going. I remember, you know, there might be five sets that I look back on and go, i should have failed in this set but i didn't for some reason and those are the sets you remember you don't remember the ones oh that saturday morning when at the end of a huge three weeks of training and i couldn't swim properly like nobody remembers that after a couple of weeks like whatever who cares and even those sets like you can still get stuff out of it you just have to change your mindset and that was probably the other thing that um i was lucky i was told at a very young age um by one of my training partners at the time. He was probably like 10 years older than me. I was probably like 13, 14. And he was, you know, getting on towards the end of his career, um, representing, you know, Australia open water for nationals, as, uh, internationally in open water. So like, you have to be pretty tough to do that sort of stuff. And he's always like, you know, if a set's going poorly, it's fine. You can get something out of it. Take a step back and be like, what's something I can work on that might not be, complete just physically you need to get there what's something technically what can i think about how can i so and i think also that's the other thing if you take a step back and be like how can i do something a little bit better you forget about the pain a little bit <laughs> um but like yeah i also enjoyed working hard for the most part i mean there was definitely sessions i didn't and everyone's gonna if anyone says that they don't enjoy, they enjoy working hard all the time they're lying um It's as simple as that, no one does um but like yeah I was lucky like I enjoyed working hard most of the time I definitely know people that enjoy working hard more than me and I definitely have met people that enjoy working hard less than me but you have to find some pleasure in it I think and I was able to do that which was yeah good I guess
0: yeah I think the enjoyment of working hard is the end result and that euphoric feeling you get at the end you're like fuck yes like I finished that set. like how good but I love what you said about failing because I don't think that gets spoken about nearly enough as it should. And I remember when I was reading the Campbell sisters book and it's something that, um, that Bronte said about, you know, there's no point like trying to like hold back to make sure that you, you hit everything right. You need to be able to push to that limit. And if you hit the limit and go over, well, at least, you know, know where the limit is. Like if you never try, you're never going to know.
1: Yeah. Oh no. I think like, um, uh, a really interesting thing, and it's something that, I, I, um, that uh, I, I don't know how to word this right. I think just like you see it as a byproduct of when you have young athletes come through and they do amazing things that nobody thought was possible for them to do. But a lot of the times when you're young, you're 15, you're 16, you're 17, you, 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 you're naive to what you can do. So you're not scared of failing. You're like, Oh, I can do anything. I can do anything. It's that extreme, just confidence of naivety. It's like naive confidence. And like, you see, as athletes get older, sometimes they're like, oh, I can't do that because I know I haven't been able to do this before. Um, And I've definitely been a product of that as you know, sometimes I've got older and I've been, especially when it comes to racing for me, I was never too bad at training, but the racing side of it, I definitely struggled with like, Oh, I could fail. I could fail. And I remember the best races are the ones that you just no pressure on and you just have to go out and chase it. Um, but yeah, failure is a big thing. Um, and it's always, it has such a negative connotation to it. And, and I don't think it should. Cause I think most of the time when you fail is cause you've taken a risk. And, you know, I think especially in sport, and in training taking risks is how you get to the top level and how you be the best that you can be as an athlete um if you don't take risks you're just doing what everyone else does and if you're doing what everyone else does then you're just going to be as good as how everyone else does it um so yeah risk is hugely important and with risk comes failure so yeah that's how I view it and seems a little bit cut and dry sometimes and I know I come across that way and some of the kids I'm coaching at the moment have definitely told me it's not that easy I'm like yeah I know but um yeah risk is risk and failure go hand in hand and I I see them as a very positive thing personally so yeah
0: yeah it's definitely something that I need to work on more I'm terrible at it like I get paranoid before sets or races I'm like what if I fail and my coach like well so what like there's still so many things you can take out of it. It's like either win or you learn. Like there's no sort yeah. of like in between.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. Learning learning from it is a huge thing. Like you can't just fail for no reason. You've got to step back and then be like, all right, what did I learn? How can I be better next time? Those sorts of things. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a funny one um, because like, in some parts of our life, you know, in education, especially like if you fail, it's a really negative thing. And like, you know, I might not be able to go and get the university degree you want to go into or get the job that you want to go into because you failed. But um, yeah, I feel like in, because of that, people then transfer it into their sport and then, and the failing in the two things are quite different. Um, one's probably because you didn't work hard enough and the other one's probably because you work too hard. And um, so, yeah, um yeah it's an interesting one failure
0: yeah do you think that that's one of the only things or what other things have you taken from swimming that you've been able to apply in other aspects of your life
1: oh swimming has taught me so much um it it's taught me relationships how to deal with people especially how to deal with people who you normally wouldn't be friends with um you know, when when a group comes together and you have to train with a, a bunch of people, you're not going to like everyone there. That, it, it's as simple as that. Like there's going to be personalities you wouldn't be friends with normally. And, you know, if, if they're at school, you might only have to see them half an hour or you might not see them or you can just not be friends with them in other places of your life. And that's fine. But like colleagues and stuff like that. But at training, you see them 20 hours a week bare minimum and you see each other at your best and at your worst there is nothing more obvious than like a Friday morning you come in everyone is tired no one wants to be there and you've got this hard set written on the board and there's tears and there's scowls, and people are snapping at each other so I think being able to deal with that that's something that I've definitely been able to take away um creating relationships with people who I normally wouldn't sort of talk to or become friends with is a big one. And the other one that I sort of have taken for granted a lot of my life is my ability to manage time. Um, I just like haven't realised how much time you can get in a day. And, you know, because of swimming, like, you know, like we start training at five and we get home at seven, let's say, it's a 14 hour day, and you just like you can actually fit so much into a 14 hour day if you go the whole time. And it's just about I've always been like, oh, like I can always get more done in a day. I can always get more done in a day. It definitely helps when you're trying to juggle a lot of things. And yeah, so I think those are probably the two biggest things that I'm taking away from swimming. Um, and the relationships one's important because in life relationships are really what it comes down to you you always remember the people you do some cool things but the people who you do those cool things with the why you remember stuff normally in my opinion and experience I guess
0: yeah for sure what would you say then have been the hardest times or the challenges and setbacks you sort of had to overcome in your swimming career um
1: Uh, so for me, I've, I've had a shoulder injury that sort of, I've had to manage probably since I was probably 16. Um, sometimes I go 12 months and I might have, you know, half a dozen sessions that it affects me and that's it. And then other times I could have six months in a row straight where I haven't been able to do nearly a full session the whole time. So I think that's always been something I've had to manage. Um, I got better at managing it when I was older but unfortunately the shoulders were not quite as good as what they were when I was a kid so even though I was managing them better they they, they were still quite grumpy with me that was probably one and then the other thing um I probably noticed um setback wise is Like I was I was lucky and and I definitely don't take any of what I achieved in swimming for granted, especially now that I've finished up competitively racing. But I was always very close to making teams or um you know winning 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 at nationals and, and um being able to do some extra cool things, I guess, instead of just the cool stuff, some extra cool things and go on some really cool swim camps and stuff and um, I guess being able to deal with um coming so close but still not getting what you've trained for for a year or two years or the time period beforehand, and coming back and keep going, I guess is it, it was really hard, and like I think um to some degree, my naivety to it helped me a lot, especially when I was younger um you know. I think I missed missing out on, like, a junior team, like, twice in a row by, like, 0.1 and 0.05 or something. So, like, two very, very close calls. And at the time, I was like, oh, this is disappointing. But I was just like, oh, I'll just come back next year and make the team then. And I was just naive to the fact of sort of how close I was to actually um, making some teams and doing some really cool things in, in that aspect. So, yeah, I guess... The shoulder injury is a big one. And then the other one, I just, I guess, is coming close to things you want to achieve. And I just never, I guess I never sort of realised how much of a setback I guess some people would see it as, which I think is lucky. Um, And I think that's just me being a very dumb teenage boy more than anything, um, which probably saved me. And, and I don't think uh, many people would admit to that, but I think, yeah, being a tum- dumb teenage boy probably saved me from a lot of heartache um, when I was younger, yeah.
0: Yeah, and obviously, you know, everyone takes it differently, but, you know, as you said, naive, it can be a massive blessing. Injuries suck. And I'm going to be bold and say that as a swimmer, it's almost inevitable that you're going to be injured at some point it's almost guaranteed that something is going to go wrong whether it's something that lasts you know two weeks that needs some rest ongoing it's going to happen at some point how do you manage that because whilst it's a physical injury the toll it takes on you meant to, like as you said you know where you go a long stretch where a few months where you just can't get a full training session out how do you deal with that because that sucks
1: this is yeah um as an athlete, i really struggled with it. I, and I never quite found a sweet spot for myself. Uh, so my last year swimming, I essentially injured my shoulders four months out from Olympic trials. Um, I was probably swimming as fast as I had in a very long time. And I was sort of like, you know, realistically, I look back on it and was I was I ever going to make the Olympic team? Probably not. Um but, like, you know, the goal of, like, making the final, maybe going top five, that was sort of what I wanted. I thought I was very much in the right place to do those sort of things. Um, and then I got injured, and in all honesty, I really struggled um, off that, uh, sort of had to rely on friends outside of the sport was something that I really turned to because um, they kind of give you a little bit of tough love sometimes because they don't um, – and that's what I need personally – Um, and I know not everyone needs that um, because they don't get it and sometimes you need to talk to people who actually don't understand what's going on Um, so that was probably like as I was older um, I kind of worked out how to manage it at least so I didn't uh, sort of really spiral but as a kid I and I say as a kid when I was like 15 16 and first started dealing with this injury I spent 12 weeks on a kickboard something like that um and that was probably the toughest three months of training I've ever done mentally, um, physically. It was, it was what it was, you know, you know, your legs get tired and your legs are tired every day. And so what, who cares? But mentally it was really hard. And it, it, I realized in hindsight that it affected my relationships outside of the pool, um, especially with like friends at school and uh, my parents and um, I was just kind of frustrated and didn't know how to deal with these things. And, um, I was lucky. I, I went and spoke to someone and sort of, they gave me some strategies that sort of helped. It didn't solve the issues by any stretch of the imagination, but, um, it helped. And I think a lot of it for me was taking a step back and realizing that swimming is part of many, many things that you do in life. Um, you know, where you have this very short period of time realistically over your lifespan to be able to do it and you need to enjoy it. Um, and if you're not enjoying it, then why do you do it? Even if you are trying to achieve, you know, lofty goals of winning, you know, Olympic gold medals or you just want to get your state time. Um, you have to enjoy it because if you don't enjoy it, it's the goals get even harder and they get even further away. So I think that was kind of what I always tried to bring it back to, like trying to find enjoyment in it uh, when I was injured. Uh, And it did help. um, But, yeah, I, I think injuries is the hardest part of any sport, sporting career, especially once you sort of get to a elite-ish level sort of when you get past sort of like just doing it casually or socially when you sort of start training a serious amount for any sport um yeah injuries managing injuries and managing the emotional side of it off it is is really tough and then off that managing expectations of performance which is probably one of the harder ones because like you know you might Injure yourself and you spend three months on a board at the end of end of one year and then you know you have three or four months of proper training before you race at nationals it's it's not going to be your best year and um you have to understand that hey you're probably going to be a little bit off and um but that's fine and and that's where you're at and you just have to take a step back and be like there's other things that I want to achieve in life you know my friendships with my friends are super important my parents are super important Um, Yeah. And like schooling, education, work as you get older, all those sorts of things. They're all things that are super important and they make up part of who you are. Like swimming is not who you are. And I think as a younger, as a younger athlete, I was terrible at this. Uh, But as, as I got older and probably this is what helped me get through last year was I kind of realized swimming doesn't define who I am. I I am a person first and then swimming is something that I do. It's not, I'm a swimmer. It's not, I'm a person. Swimming is part of who I am. Um, I guess that helped, but I don't think anything solves that issue. I don't think anything will ever um, solve that this is really shit part of getting injured as an athlete. Um, and I think... Maybe admitting to yourself that this is shit and then trying to work it out, how to still enjoy the fact that it is shit, I guess is what, what how I found to deal with it. But I know it's so individual when it comes to this sort of stuff. Everyone's very different. So yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, I've spoken about my injury a few times on this podcast mm-hmm. and You know, I worked out that the the first sign of the injury is a bit over three years ago now. So it's been a long time. And whilst I've had surgery and I don't necessarily have any physical limitations, the flow on effect is still 100% there. And I didn't realize how much it was still there. So like I'm allowed to race again. So I go to race and I'm like, I'm swimming so shit like what the hell, like I've done this training. And so it's being reminded by my physio and my coach, like, if you go back, you know, a bit over six months ago, when you were in hospital, you were learning how to walk again, whilst everyone was at home doing their at home activation and gym and running, walking, riding, you're learning how to walk. Like that's a very big difference. Your base is very different. It's going to be shit for some time before you build back up again. And it's definitely something that I'm having to remind myself of. And as you said, you know, stripping things back, like what's the goal? What's the focus? Are you enjoying it? And that's something, a process that I'm going through now. So hundred percent, like it's massive.
1: Yeah, it is. And it's super hard, like, and being able to do that is really hard as well. And people sometimes, you know, I've spoken to people and they're like, oh yeah, like this is how you do it. It's like, you've done it probably five to 10 times now you know if you're an elite swimmer i like yeah i get injured i just have to step back this is how i deal with it and if you go through it for the first time it's awful the first time you go through it because you have no experience you have no idea how to manage those expectations and even once you're physically 100 sometimes you still favor the other side if you have a shoulder injury if you've you know, if you've hurt your right shoulder, you still favor your left. You don't pull properly on your right side. If you're just scared, you're going to injure it, injure it again and all those sorts of things. It's it's a huge mental battle, like it's a physical injury, but it's it's a mental, it's a real mental battle as well, coming back from an injury. So it's really tough. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I remember like when I was sort of first getting back into swimming again post-surgery and I was like, oh, I can't do that. And it's like, well, why? It's like, well, that hurt my back before, so I can't do it it's like, well, no, no, like it's fi- like you can, your body will do it. It's just, you know, you. I've been doing like two and a half years of not doing something because it's painful to then like, oh no, you can do it now. Like, it's fine. It's like, no, 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 hang on. Hold up a second.
1: Can't expect- <laughs> we
0: can't go back yet. No.
1: <laughs> you're like, you're like, oh, this should hurt. Oh, it doesn't hurt. Oh, yeah. oh, there's an expectation for pain though. Just yeah. waiting. Yeah, you just wait for it. Yeah. And then sometimes you make pain up in your head because you're like, there should be pain
0: here. Yeah. yeah. And then you think it hurts because, well, it used to hurt, so it must be hurting now. Yeah. Yeah. It's just not there. What would you say then has been one of your, how do I word it? I don't want to say biggest successes, but like achievements or highlights of your career. Um
1: biggest highlights tough one actually I don't I think um for me some of the biggest highlights I've had a uh I guess one year I raced at nationals uh I think I was 16 yeah it was 16 nationals and um it was in Adelaide and it was just a highlight meet as in general those sort of that week was was really good um just enjoyed the week. We had a really good group. I think we came third overall um, point score wise as a club. Um, it was just like a really good like meet and I enjoyed it. I raced well. That's, probably, that's probably a highlight. Other hi- one of the other highlights I have is being able to swim for as long as I did and just enjoy the journey the whole way through. Um, I, I see that as a huge highlight for myself considering, you know, at, over the past 10 years, I probably wanted to give it away and like seriously considered giving it away a couple of times. Um, and so I had to make, make some really tough decisions in life that was, was going to affect my swimming and, you know, I nearly moved to Queensland and I have nearly changed clubs a couple of times. I've been at Surrey my whole life. Um, learned to swim here well yeah learned to swim and being there swam for them for over I don't want to say it but I think (laughs) 21 21 years from when I learned to swim there until I stopped in the high performance group so uh, it's it's a long time Um, and I think that's another highlight just sort of being able to enjoy that Um, and just as weird as it sounds like the highlights are the trips you go on and the people you hang out with, and I could sit here and talk about stories of stuff we got up to on trips that we should definitely not have got up to, <laughs> and things we did that, if our coaches and team managers knew at the time, we probably would have been put on a plane and sent home and stuff like that. And I shouldn't be mentioning these things because I'm probably going a lot <laughs> of from some people, but those are the highlights and a lot of the highlights i have from swimming it is is not how i raced or how i swam um you know there's there's definitely races i look back on and go oh that was that was a really good race i really enjoyed that but if somebody like came like what are your top 3 moments you know of of swimming and things related to swimming you know the 16 years nationals on the last night we hung out as a group it was a really good it was just a really good time. Like, you know, we went to the beach like at night cause we were staying there cause it was in Adelaide and yeah, it was just a really fun. And then probably like state teams, like the whole, all three years I went on state teams, had a lot of fun and, you know, a couple of the national training camps around those state teams, usually in, before or after were always really good. Um, Yeah. Like th- those are the highlights when you just essentially get to hang out with your friends and enjoy yourself and it you know sometimes it's just a big holiday to go and race and that's yeah I couldn't even tell you any of my races from 16 nationals I just remember I raced well and I had fun with people and that was it like I don't think I could tell you a time I think I picked up a medal that year I think I'm not 100% sure um but, but I remember the nationals very clearly with like everything else around it. So I think, yeah, those those are the highlights. Not always what happens in the pool, what happens around the pool for me, yeah.
0: Yeah, what would you, how important do you think, like you've touched on a few times about the relationships and the people and those sort of things. How important would you say is the social support that you get externally from something and even internally like your squad as well?
1: Um, I always lent on people outside of my squad for support that I needed at training um I found that if I lent on people within the squad my baggage became their baggage and it kind of brought them down um I'm a big believer in when you're at training you're there to make yourself better but if you can make everyone else in your squad better you will naturally be better because you have to be because the standards get raised um the expectations get raised and sometimes if you're having a really bad day and you see somebody else succeed it feels like a bit like your success like it is a team sport in some ways um but that being said I have had some of my best training partners haven't been my friends I realistically didn't really like them in in all honesty there's been people over the years that I have not really enjoyed as people but when we trained together it was like you know they're getting the best out of me I'm getting the best out of them and and that's what it is and sometimes that's what you need to do um and I think yeah so I think that's that sort of like creating relationships that aren't always friendships is sometimes important and being able to distinguish between the two so yeah um I think it's super important. I think it's important in every part of life. You know, usually the better your relationships are in that part of life, the more you will a enjoy it and b be successful in it. Because if you want other people to succeed, you're usually going to learn and understand and develop your skill set better. And it's something that I'm trying to instill in the group that I'm coaching at the moment is if the person next to you is getting better, you're getting better too. So help them get better. Um, So yeah, that's probably the biggest thing for me. And then my relationships outside of swimming, I was super lucky. Like my parents were super supportive of me, um, really helpful. um, And they were very hands off as well. They allowed me to just come to them when I needed and they would kind of leave me alone most of the time. And they knew that, you know, I'd take care of it and it, it was my sport it was my swimming it, it wasn't their thing it was it was me and I was there to enjoy it and yeah um so mom and dad were pretty good with that I, I have to thank them for that and yeah and then I had like a really supportive group of friends throughout high school and uni um so yeah I, I think that's the thing like they didn't always understand um like what was going on and and I guess I kind of always told them, like, you don't need to understand. I, I don't, I don't require you to know what I'm doing and what's going on. All I need you to just be like supportive of what I'm doing. And, and I think, you know, it, it's a hard thing to do to be supportive of things that you don't always understand, but sometimes you just have to go, yeah, like whatever you need, just let me know and I'll be there and help out where needed. And I, like my parents are really good at that. Um, So I don't, I don't reckon they even knew what my times are at all. I don't even reckon half the time. I don't even know what they are if I was racing or not. Like, especially as I got older, like they couldn't tell you, Um, but always super supportive and always like, Oh, how was your racing? And I was like, yeah, good. And they couldn't tell you if, you know, 240 for a 200 fly or 200 for a 200 fly was good they probably like oh yeah that that sounds good sure good job like you know like and and that worked for me and and I'm thankful that they allowed me to do that I guess so yeah
0: yeah it can be super grounding too sometimes I think when people don't understand it and you have to really strip it back and then you say it out loud you're like oh actually it's really not that big of a deal is what I thought it was in my head
1: yeah it definitely is and also like if you talk to people who aren't involved in swimming and this is something I know that I'm very very guilty of um you turn around and go like I'm not I'm not really that good a swimmer you know because you always compare yourself to essentially the best in the world when you get to an open national racing level and your goal is to make open teams like you're comparing yourself to some of the best people in the world um And then you take a step back and you, like, talk to friends who, like, can't swim. They're like, I can't even swim, like, six strokes of butterfly. And you're out here, like, whinging that you can't go a second quicker in a 200 butterfly. So um, it keeps everything in perspective a lot more as well. (laughs)
0: 100%.
1: You go for a swim with your friend, you're like, yeah, okay, this this changes my opinion on uh, what is good and what is not. Um, and I know I'm very guilty of that because I know um, I'm very like, oh, like I wasn't that great a swimmer, um, you know, I did well in some things, but, you know, I was lucky and, you know, I had talent and had great coaches and, you know, I was, I was very lucky um, in my swimming career. Um, and then I'm like, but I wasn't that great an athlete. And then I look, turn around and go, sometimes you are very delusional about not good. <laughs>
0: what was the transition like from retiring as a competitive athlete and then going into coaching
1: um it was a bit of a strange one um actually uh so jazz my coach now uh well who i'm working with now who was my coach at the time um asked probably like two or three months before i stopped swimming because i was like i'm gonna stop after that trials this year you know i've been injured i am probably not gonna make the team and he was like yeah cool 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 and then he just like said oh would you consider coaching and I was like oh like not really like I was planning on finishing study at the end of last year but then COVID kind of mucked around so I've got got another semester left unfortunately um, and I was and then he like essentially would ask me I reckon every week or every couple of weeks if i wanted to coach and i was like and the answer went from a hard note or maybe to oh okay like what are the hours going to be like um and it wasn't something that i'd ever thought i'd get into um at all and i just i i turned around to jazz and i'm like i'll come and do it if i'm there to facilitate you know i've got you know, knowledge that I've been lucky enough to acquire over the past 10 years racing and, uh, you know, it'd be nice to pass some of it on and, you know, share experiences and technical skills and all those sorts of things. Um, But I still feel a little bit impostery standing on the other side of the pool, Um, just like... I find it hard to sometimes articulate what I'm trying to get across and all those sorts of things. Cause I was very feel based as an athlete and um, for the swimmers out there, they probably know what that means for everyone else. They're just like, you are insane. What is he talking about? <laughs> <laughs> um, and like sort of being able to convey that in words, I- I've struggled with a little bit, but I've got better at it. Um, and it's, it was good in some ways because I was like, I still feel like I'm swimming to some degree, like I'm passing on information, but I also sometimes look at them and I'm just like, ah, like I wish I could still be doing that to some degree, but yeah, that, that is, you know, that is what it is and I'm very happy with the decision I've made and I've, over the past, I think it's like nine months now, I haven't turned around and gone, oh, I want to get back to the pool. like. I don't, I, I don't want to swim competitively again. I don't want to do it to that really elite level. Like I'm swimming a little bit casually by myself, which is nice. Bit of a rude shock when I swim two and a half K and I'm actually tired. <laughs> um, you know, a bit of a rude shock when the body's like, yeah, no, you can't just get in and float six K for fun anymore. Sorry. Um, so yeah. So, but no, nah, it's, it was a weird one. Um, and I've learned a lot as a coach about swimming in general, like Jazz has a lot of information in his head and the rest of the coaching team as well. Like i have all trying to learn a lot off them so I can, you know, upskill a little bit, even if I'm not going to hang around forever, you know, still want to be able to pass on the information that is available to me to others, I guess. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You touched on before how, you know, you can be a little bit delusional in the sense of, you know, how good of an athlete you really are. On that, how would you define success? Have you achieved it?
1: Oh, so I would say, no, I haven't achieved it. My sort of goal from like probably when I was probably 15 or 16, when I kind of sat down the first sort of after I'd realised I was good at it and enjoyed it and then like, you know, a bit of time to sort of like settle in and work out what I wanted. I probably sat down and was like, the goal was always to make an open national team um, and like either go to Worlds, Com Games or the Olympics. Like that was always the goal. Like Olympics was gold standard and Com Games and Worlds was sort of the next step down, but we're always going to be sort of like, yep, I've achieved what I wanted to achieve in the sport. And, you know, I was, I was never able to represent Australia um, at an, you know an open level like that um so for, for me that's success um you know I've I've had friends over the years that have defined success very differently and they achieved it or didn't achieve it um but yeah for me um that's what I defined as success and no I didn't achieve it
0: there you go yeah. I can almost challenge you on that in some form because a lot of the things that you say you look back as highlights and the enjoyment and those relationships and the people and all these other cool things that you have been able to do, that's still, in my point of view, in my opinion, is success.
1: Yeah, so I'd, I'd put it to you like this. Uh, the journey was successful, but the result was not. Okay. Um, so... You know, and and they're slight, and they're two slightly different things. You know, I think I definitely enjoyed the journey that I took and I definitely have taken a lot out of the sport. And in all honesty, the sport's probably given me more than I've given it. Uh, but the the end goal, which was always what it came back to and why I was still doing it, um, was because I wanted to make that op- that open national team. Um, so yeah, I, I guess like, you know if I didn't have that goal, would I have swum for as long as I did? Probably not. Cause that was still what was the driving force behind me getting up at 5 AM, you know, five times a week to come and swim 40 K in a week, 50 K in a week. I didn't just do it so I could, you know, have good relationships and enjoy the little things. It was like, you know, I did that because I wanted to achieve something like I could have, you know, travel the world with friends and, you know hopefully achieved a lot of those other relationships in in different facets of my life instead sort of thing so I think it was a swimming was a vessel and the journey that I took on was good but I didn't quite get to where I wanted to get to in terms of results
0: yeah that's a pretty solid answer I like that Mm. what would you say then like if you could see your younger self or talk to your younger self maybe at like let's say 14 15 when things sort of started to pick up and be a bit more serious what would you say to that hamish knowing what you know now
1: um the biggest things i'd come back to are look after your shoulders um that's probably up there um don't worry about failing there's probably another one and probably don't put too much pressure on yourself and try and enjoy it a little bit more and live, you know, more like in the moment all the time. You know, I I definitely know when I was younger um, and even sometimes when I was older, when I wasn't sort of in a mentally as good spot, I, I was always like looking 18 months into the future rather than like, what do I need to do today to get this done? Um, so I think those, those probably, like, would be the three things, you know, look after your shoulders, which I think hindsight will always be 20, 20 on. <laughs> um, Don't be scared to fail and, you know, enjoy a little bit more the moment that you, that you are doing and don't always look to the future about what could be. Enjoy what's going on now. Yeah.
0: yeah. Do you think little Hamish would be proud of what you've done in your swimming career?
1: Um, I don't know. That's, that's a really tough one um, I, I think to some degree no because little Hamish would see success as making an open team but uh, bigger Hamish as we we're talking about probably sees it a little bit more successful due to the journey that um, I went on and was the things I was able to achieve but I guess little Hamish definitely defines success very black and white where. It's <laughs> when you get a little bit older yeah
0: for sure yeah now I'd like to do three questions and the first one is what is something that you're most proud of about yourself ooh.
1: um ooh. I don't know <laughs> this is a really throwing me a curve or most proud of about myself um uh, I'm I'm not sure actually um This is, it's something that I know I'm very, very bad at. Um, Probably something that I am proud of um, is for the most part how I've like tried to conduct myself around the pool. Um, I know I haven't always been successful in how I've conducted myself and the things that I've done, but just sort of always trying to be a positive influence and, um, you know, trying to get people to, come on the journey with me rather than like just by myself I'm in a car no one else is allowed in it like a bit more of like a let's drive a bus and get everyone on board and sort of you know that that sort of thing um but I I don't know that's that's a really tough question I I don't probably do enough reflective um stuff on what I'm proud of
0: Yeah. If someone asked me that question, I'd be just as stumped. I wouldn't know what to say either, but I know I haven't been at the club as long as you have. I don't think anyone has been in the club as long as you have, (laughs) but I can say, (laughs) I can say the time that I have been at the club, you have definitely been a positive influence on myself. And I know other people have appreciated your input too. So hundred percent. Well, thank you. (laughs) You're welcome. What is your favorite quote and all the best piece of advice that you've been given?
1: you didn't wake up to be mediocre, which I really liked. Um, and it's just a really good way of looking at it. Like, you know, when, when your alarm goes off at five at, you know, four 30, so you're at, at the pool by five, you know, having that little snippet in the back, back of your head, you didn't wake up to be mediocre is, is kind of nice. It's like, yeah, okay. This is, you know, why get up if, if you don't want to do something special sort of thing is, is what it comes down to. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's pretty good. I don't think I've heard that one before. That's new. I like it.
1: It was, yeah, it was, it was said to me by um, a training partner when I was, I was very young in a very off the cuff conversation. Um, And he doesn't even use it. I'm still friends with him now. And uh, (laughs) he's, he's like, I barely even remember I said it, but it just stuck with me. I think I was like 13 or 14 at the time. And, you know, he's, he's been a huge influence on my life um, as an athlete, which was really nice. So, yeah. There's one for you.
0: I like it. Do you have any tips or advice for those that are listening or even someone that's sort of coming up through the sport of swimming or any other sport? What advice or tips would you give them?
1: Um, I'll try and keep it very general. Um, I, I, I won't go to swimming so, it, so I don't lose half your audience here. <laughs> um, I, I'd say um, probably like, and I've touched on both of them and it's probably the advice I gave Little Hamish to some degree um don't be scared to fail like it's really really okay in sport to fail um it's usually how you learn and it's usually how you grow and you become a better athlete you you, you hear the best athletes in the world and none of them have had a you know no failure or no setbacks or no anything and you know, you hear some of the best in training and, and they do some really good stuff, but they also do some awful sets. Like I've seen some of the best trainers in the world and they I've seen them do sets that I would be disappointed with. It's because they were okay with failing and they're like, yeah, I learned more from that than I ever did from being successful. Is probably the thing and enjoy what you're doing. Really enjoy what you're doing, especially when it comes to sport because it's not something you have to do you don't wake up in the morning and you go, I have to go to training. If you want to stop, you can, you know, and I don't, I don't want to turn around and tell you guys to stop if you're not enjoying it, but at least find something. If you have a goal and you're you're really struggling over like a couple of months and, you know, you haven't been able to find much enjoyment, take a step back and find small things to enjoy it. again, you know, if it's in, any sport, find something that isn't overly important to the sport. And, you know, whether, if you're playing footy afterwards, go to the boundary line and try to kick some goals from weird positions or do some trick shots or whatever it is in, in any sport. And in swimming, it could be as simple as doing some dive work, um, try and find a little bit of enjoyment out of it. And, and usually if you start enjoying a little part of it, it'll spread. It's, you know, it's kind of like COVID, you know, <laughs> once you start enjoying a small part of it, it starts to spread. Uh, <laughs> that being said, the, the other, it, it works both ways. If you start to not enjoy some things, um, it, it can spread as well. So just, yeah, it's, it works both ways. So do be careful with that stuff. It's probably the two pieces of advice I have for anyone in any sport at any level, realistically um and be nice be nice to yourself as well you know there's only you, you only have one self so be nice to them they treat you well for the most part
0: <laughs> no that's that's great advice and i could honestly sit here for hours and pick your brain about so many different things but you know maybe down the download part two maybe. <laughs> <laughs> part,
1: part two watch out um <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's interesting and, and I've enjoyed this chat a lot and thank, thanks for having me, Renee. Um, there's a lot of information in a lot of older athletes' brains and if you are young and out there and trying to come through, most older athletes will sit down and have a 10, 15-minute chat with you. Just ask them. Um, they enjoy it and, you know, most athletes absolutely love passing on some information because it makes them feel young again. And it makes them feel naive again. And it's actually really nice. Um, so uh, that's ask ask lots of questions and ask lots of questions to the right people. And you'll be successful with whatever you define as success.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're not too dissimilar in age. And I, there's so many things that I can learn from you. And, you know, there's things that I can learn from even younger athletes. You know, they're naive or they'll put things back in perspective. And it's like, oh, yep, that's how I should think about it too. <laughs>
1: Yeah, you get older and you start overthinking the small stuff, but that's Yeah, all right. You, you, you're allowed to do that when, once you get older as an yeah. athlete. Um, yeah. yeah.
0: That was good. Thank you so much for sharing all the experiences that you have. And I'm sure there's many people out there listening that have learned something from this episode. So thank you.
1: No worries. Thanks for having me. See you later.
0: Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Perfectly Flawed Podcast. If you enjoyed it, please share it with your friends, family, and on social media, and don't forget to tag the podcast in your post. It really helps me out a lot. If you like the podcast, please go give it a follow, rate, and review. If you haven't checked out the current merch, you definitely should, and go get your hands on it as soon as you can. Thank you so much for supporting me, and I can't wait to be back in your ears in the next episode. Enjoy the rest of your day. Bye. (music) Bye.